1: Welcome to a brand new edition of Billy, Raul, and La Musica behind the industry series. And these are so much fun because really getting that insight into what makes people tick and not just artists, but people that make these artists who they are. And Billy, this guy that we're going to be talking with in moments, he's a dear friend. And do you remember the first time that you met Gil?
0: Oh, my God, 100%. So um, I was dating a musician, of course, you know. If I'm interviewing musicians, I got kind of got to date them, right? That's just how it goes. <laughs> just to be. I guess I got to date a
1: musician then. Maybe I'll date a musician sometime.
0: <laughs> and uh, have you ever dated a musician?
1: Oh um, not officially.
0: Really interesting. Yeah. Unofficial dating. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, it was my kind of dating.
1: I guess maybe going out and hanging out, but I don't, I don't. We we never really labeled it anything. Got and it. This was this was a long, long time ago. And you know, it's a completely different personality than than the normal person, I would have to say. Oh I mean, yeah. Everybody, you know, everybody's human, but you run into different expectations and different characteristics of people that are, are artists or musicians.
0: They're definitely <laughs> their own specimen, and I love them. I mean, I've dated plenty yeah. of musicians. So, but I was dating this musician and Gil was his manager. It was a band and Uh, Gil was their manager. And oh my God, you know, ever since I met Gil and I'm talking about, 16, 17 years ago. And um, I just felt this, you know, I think I'm pretty good at reading people and I could automatically tell that he was genuine, that he had a good heart and he had good intentions for this band specifically. And as we know now, 17 years later, clearly he is one of the good guys in music and he always does have great intentions behind managing musicians. I mean, he is the type of guy that,
1: you want in your team. Billy, you nailed it on the head because all these artists that we have interviewed for this behind the industry series are the good ones. Yes. Because we want to get insight from the people that are genuine, that, are doing it for the right reasons that are really trying to help propel the artist, whether they're a singer a musician or a record label, whatever it may be. But specifically, you know, when we talk with people like Diana Rodriguez, Sebastian, Chris, you know, all these people that we've come to know and really appreciate for what they do. Gil Gastelum is exactly that. The guy has managed a ton of artists, runs his own record label, has been really in the industry for decades. And I met him when he was already working with Gabby Moreno. And not quite 16 years ago, but yeah, he is one of the best for sure.
0: hundred percent. So please welcome Gil Gastelum. He is the founder of Cosmica Artist. He manages artists like Gabby Moreno, Irene Diaz, Katsuoso, and of course, Carla Morrison, please enjoy this behind the industry of pelita and la música with
1: Gil Gastelum. We are here at the beautiful Cosmica offices in downtown los angeles and i don't this is like one of the most industrial areas of downtown you're right by the new bridge which is phenomenal so talking about location we're here with the man behind the label gil Gastelum. how are you sir
2: i'm great guys good to see you guys as always <laughs> uh we saw each other uh what was it now god it's already gonna be three weeks ago wow, Time, time's, it? And, yeah. time's, time's passing pretty quick this year, yeah. So it was great to see you guys at the Ford, and thank you so much for emceeing the night. That was really fantastic. It was it meant a lot to me because, are you know, doing it at that venue, especially that was like the second venue I had been to when I moved to LA in '95, and it was a it was like I can remember it was like a Dia de los Muertos event, Aww. and Ozu Motley had just played. That was they had just formed. And that was like one of their first big gigs. And I was working with Elvez, the Mexican Elvis at the time, and he was the MC. And so (laughs) I was just, I met like, sort of like the Latino um, intelligista over there, like Lalo Atcaras, and people like that were in the audience and I was getting introduced to them. So that was like my big intro to like, sort of like the Latino, I don't know. Maybe high society in in, in LA. <laughs> a little bit of
1: Latino royalty, if yes, you will. Yes, you know? absolutely. Okay, like full circle. Then. So yeah, it
2: was a very big full circle for me uh, uh, personally. Yes, absolutely.
0: So you moved here in '95 from mm-hmm. Texas, right? Uh, no, from
2: Tucson, Arizona. A lot of people think I'm okay. from Texas, uh, but I'm. I, I lived in Austin for three years, but I'm originally from Tucson, Arizona, born and raised. And from there, I moved to LA. And then I lived in Austin for a couple of years uh, when I um, took on management duties for Davi Garza, which I twenty three years do. now. I still do. Um, and then also with stints, small stint in Alphabet City in New York, mm-hmm. and uh, and then also up in Northern Cal, up in uh, Cupertino, Santa Clara area um, for a little bit while I was still living here, going kind of going back and forth.
0: And what attracted you to the management? world and the music world
2: yeah i i think even when i was you know in college i was working at a record shop and i was meeting bands and um always wanted to help them i didn't know exactly what that entailed but it was even if it was just as simple as putting up their flyer at the record shop you know because
0: you're not musically inclined right no
2: i i i I am I, i i was i was i should say so i played um for many many years, I was first chair alto saxophone in the school bands, oh. and and then I also played um, guitar. And so, uh, yeah, I play. I studied um, classical guitar. And uh, so look yeah, look at all these hidden talents so, that Gil so, has but, been hiding all his life. I don't anymore. I don't anymore. But, but I don't have that anymore. Well, was the aspiration there to
1: actually be the artist?
2: Yes, there was. A, there was a time, and it's a story that Davi Garza hates because, <laughs> because, because, because Should we I'll, call Davi. We can. Call yeah, Dave no, Dave we can. Garza. We can call him, and he he won't talk about it. He hates the story that what happened was is um, and I'll always remember the date because it was the day that Cesar Chavez passed away. So I was still in school and David Garza was you know was already touring nationally and he happened to be playing um, in Tucson that night. and I, wa- I remember I hadn't heard of him before, and I read an article previewing the show. And the person at the, I went to University of Arizona, the, the, the music journalist um, wrote this preview and like just bashed David because she, she was offended. She's like, wow, this guy's really um, pretentious. He, he actually made me pronounce his name in Spanish, David. Not David.
0: That's why she was offended. That's why she was offended, and because ba- I've interviewed D- David, and yes. he is the most humble, soft, nicest guy. Right, yeah.
2: total right. sweetheart. So, total sweetheart. Oh, sweet. yeah. that's
0: fucked up.
2: So, yeah, so she she <laughs> bashed him, and I was like, oh, I got to go see this guy. I was like, wow, I <laughs> You're was like, my
0: kind of guy. Yeah, <laughs> David. yeah. I was like, wow, that's
2: like, wow, that's that's pretty amazing that somebody would do that, and I thought it was fu- it was pathetic that the the uh, reporter wrote this preview prefacing by saying oh this guy's pretentious oh that you probably want to avoid the show I was like oh That's I'm gonna go up, yeah. so I took a couple people with me to the show and there it wasn't very many people it was it was a tough night um I think there was like probably like maybe 25 people there there might as well have been 25,000 people he just blew everybody away in the audience and his virtual so guitar playing I'm like what am I doing because mm. I was studying classical guitar and I'm like, so you am, basically
0: compared yourself to? Yeah, to, to I was Debbie. just like, I'm never
2: gonna be that, <laughs> that guy. Good. I'm never gonna be that good. Not even close. What am I doing? And I already had an inkling that I want. I, I I didn't have any hobbies really, other than like working at the record shop. I was starting to immerse myself with like the industry, reading all the trades and whatnot. And that night, I made my decision to quit playing. And I just decided right there and then that I wanted to get on the business end of things.
0: Did you meet David that night? I met David
2: that that night and we had stayed in contact. And so I ended up moving here and his star was getting bigger and bigger. He had signed to Atlantic Records and, um, you know, we were, he was doing a residency at Largo and he was just like, you know, he would send me like mixtapes. He had sent me like this amazing mixtape of like, to this day, I still have it. Of like material that never ended up on his records and it's all this incredible material. I was like, Man, this is I, I would love to work with this guy one day. And he played one of the nights at the old Largo on Fairfax. And um a couple of days later he hit me up. He's like, Hey man, we gotta figure out like I really need somebody here in Austin um to work with me. You know, I got this Atlantic deal. Right. And, you know, it's getting harder and harder to it's just do my day-to-day
0: yeah he's like i need a team can you be it
2: yeah <laughs> so when, when you
1: think about that moment that when somebody has that kind of epiphany and is that why he doesn't like the story because maybe he kind of feels this responsibility of like wow this is why gil does what he does and if you look forward pa- fast forward now what 15 20 years whatever been, it was 25 yeah, 20, yeah.
2: i think that happened about 20 oh my goodness i think i'm I think it's thirty years. Woof. This, this either this year. Wow,
1: but but yeah. if you think about it, that much fast forward. It's like, is because he's basically the reason why why you're doing what you're doing. Right,
2: right. I mean, it's you know, so you know, fast forward a little bit. So I do, you know, I'm working in the industry. You know, I worked at A and M Records. Uh, I worked with Robert Rodriguez. I, you know, did some really great things i had already left sort of like the majors by that point and and had gone independent and i hadn't gone i haven't gone back but um what happened was is that you know uh i end up being his manager david's manager and he's on atlantic we're on a tour his record is getting ready to be released it w- what ended up being his second and last full album for atlantic called overdub we were on the road with matchbox 20 and train we were doing an arena tour with them and uh, we, I don't know, I don't remember why we did this, but the, what ended up being the last night of that tour was we were in Lafayette, Louisiana and David wanted to come back to Austin. And um, we drove all night after the show, got into Austin. I literally got into bed at like 6 a.m. and about like 20 minutes later, uh, my phone, my little flip phone is like ringing off the hook and I answer and it's David's brother, Danielle, And he goes, hey, put on the TV. And I'm like, what's going on? He goes, just put on the TV and 9-11. And we had literally left Alphabet City. We were living in Alphabet wow. City, making the record and doing a residency up there uh, a month to the day. We had left August 11th. Um, <gasps> Chills, man. Yeah, That's we had left August 11th um, to go back to Texas because we had finished the residency, but we would have been there had we extended the the residency like the label wanted to, but Duffy wow. wanted to get back. So anyways... <gasps> so that led to like the industry for you guys might remember that like the industry s- stood still Man. so the record basically came out honestly uh, stillborn it, oh. it was it just wasn't it was done there was yeah. no tour Ugh. and so <laughs> that's so heartbreaking yeah and so what happened was is like he decides with his, his his then wife to move to la and i'm like well i guess i need to move back to la i basically um. He doesn't really need me at this point because there's just nothing going on. So I moved back to LA and I'm just like struggling to to make a living. I'm like, in I'm temping at like, I'm at Hollywood Records in, at the Disney lot. And uh, I remember November 1st of 2001, uh, like my little flip phone, again, ringing off the hook and... People are saying, you know, oh my god, you know, it's so great. Congratulations! And I'm like, what are they congratulating? You know, because I, I, I can't pick up the phone, and I'm just like, uh, you know, because I'm working. Work I'm a temp. Right. I'm a temp guy. I'm not, I can't like you don't take be, calls. Hey, hey, like, uh, well, see I'm, you later, Gil. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> and so it turns out that um, New York Times had named the record number two album of the year in their in their jazz and pop, or what do they call it, the Paz and Jop. Back then, the Paz and Jop uh, um, critical critics guide okay. or critics poll. thats what They, they had huh. like the words mixed. Okay. They don't do it anymore. But like, yeah, it was only behind Leonard Cohen's record at the time. Whoa. And Whoa. so like getting show offers, we're back in business. Mm. The next day, Atlantic calls me. They're dropping him. So what? That, that was the end of it. Because what happened, it wasn't necessarily that they wanted to drop him. What happened is at the time AOL bought Time Warner, and so they were making everybody, whether it was Atlantic, Warner, Electra, whatever, shape you know, basically cut the trim the fat.
0: Oh man, and so, it's such a hard industry. Yeah. It's such a cutthroat industry. Yeah. W- what is the biggest challenge for you as a manager?
2: I think the biggest challenge that I have at least these days is to you're, you're you're basically having to cover a lot of different bases much more than even back then. Like you think about back then there's not a whole lot of um you know we're not so we weren't as technologically advanced as we are now where we you know i really i mean i had a flip phone back then i you know we didn't you know iphones didn't even exist or you know the smartphones didn't really exist and so you have basically like your office in your in your in your hand now Mm -hmm. but um but now because of technology there's so many different things now that you have to cover like you have to make sure that social media is taken care of and how many different platforms on social media that's like really takes a team to be able to take care of that i'm sure you guys know that and you guys have to deal with that on a daily basis it's like oh it's not like i can just paste you know paste a, a a link on facebook anymore even right. it's like it's a whole
0: create content absolutely be, be on top of what the new trends are it's absolutely. very complicated so you think that's the most complicated i think
2: that's really the most complicated of of an artist because you know some artists are really great about that and the ones that aren't so great about it or don't like it as much or haven't gotten into the rhythm of making it really kind of a part of their career mm-hmm. it's really kind of like an uphill battle at this point because it's like you can't avoid it anymore it, it is it's here I mean it's basically you know m- music journalism was already dying before the revolution of social media mm-hmm. and it's basically nailed a you know a couple it's there's a couple nails in that coffin now at right. this point it's sad for me because I originally wanted to be a music journalist Mm. and um you know it's sad for me to see that but yeah. it's it, it is it's in the here and now you know you can't fight it can't fight it but <laughs> but to go back real quick so so that big long story about record getting named number two album in the new york times and then he getting dropped so what ended up happening is okay so he's out so back then there wasn't like tune core there wasn't distro kid there wasn't like all these independent labels i spent the better part of Ooh, like two and a half years trying to get him signed again and it was like it was like we, he was in a rock in a hard place it was like we, i would get a people to come out and see him at largo and people like fiona apple would come and see him perform and just these amazing performances and the a&r people to their they would come to me it's like hey man yeah you he's great you should talk to the latin division oh. and it would be like well and it's just like, well, he doesn't sing in Spanish. I was like, oh, I think they'll get into only the cred- because of his name, because of his name, and and so hey, thanks to that pronunciation of David, right, right, <laughs> right. And to their credit, some of these A people would set up these meetings with the Latin division, and I knew how those were going to go even before I stepped in. And we would go and sit down and meet with them, and right off the bat, they'd be like, "Guess that's though, you know, like, right. like." How- <laughs> How do he, doesn't say, this he, he doesn't he doesn't sing in Spanish, <laughs> right? So Rockin' a hard place, and so he was. It was about three days prior to doing another showcase I had set up, and called me, and he says, "You know what, dude? I can't do this. Oh. I'm sorry to do this to you, but like I can't do another one of these showcases for these people. They just oh. don't get what they wow. what I'm doing." Right. He says, "The only way I'm going to put out another record is if Cosmica, if you start your own label." Wow! And so I'm like. Always up for a challenge, and I'd always wanted a label. <laughs> that was a whole other thing, too, trying to get a distribution deal. Because, again, TuneCore didn't exist. I couldn't do a turnkey solution. And thankfully, a guy that had a band that also got dropped on Atlantic, he went and became a marketing director over at Red Eye, a distribution in North Carolina, called me out of the blue and says, hey, man, what's Eat up to?
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. And you're like, well, what happened, <laughs> Yeah. It turns and out that. And like literally so. like two weeks later,
2: I, we signed our first distribution agreement and that's how Cosmica, the, the record label, um, began. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of like the origin story about that. So I'm sorry, Raul, I know you are no, going to ask no, me a question.
1: I, you beat me to the punch, actually, okay. because I was going to ask you, well, how did you guys, you know, come out the other end? after yeah. that happened. And that's exactly it. And and the beautiful thing about somebody like David Garza is like Billy said, he's super humble. He's a sweetheart of a guy, wouldn't kill an ant. And that's something that we've noticed about the way you operate and the crew that you have amongst you, you know, where where all these artists are kind of the same things, a sweetheart like Gabby Moreno or yeah. Irene Diaz, Carla Morrison. I mean, the list is going on and on and on that it's, it's constantly growing. But you said something that you worked at the major labels and you left that and you never looked back.
2: Yeah, I never looked back.
1: It's tough to be independent and how, you know, that's the next thing is like, how did you really kind of like lay down that foundation for success?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of personal sacrifice. Um, yeah, it's, it it's you know, it's it, this definitely, this road that I took is definitely not for everybody uh you know i as a matter of fact i you know i try to tell people when they ask me for advice you know like if they're looking to get into the industry don't do it No, right (laughs) that's that's rule number one don't do it don't get into the industry and then i tell them i said look you know if if you're looking for a shortcut or you know if you know if you don't have nepotism on your side then it's going to be a long slog for you usually you know some some for some people it's going to be longer than others um so you got to be ready for the fight you got to be ready to defend yourself and you got to be ready to advocate for yourself but also you have to be um at least for me when i tell when i give this advice it's like you can you 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 cannot be selfish you just can't you have if you're going to work with an artist and you're going to be successful with that artist you got to give, again, to varying degrees, you have to give a part of yourself to it because you got to be ready to fight for them because more than likely, you're going to get a lot more no's than yes, especially in the beginning when you're trying to to make it in the business, whether you're somebody that's trying to get into the music industry as an executive or as an artist. And so it's, you know, so for me i just i guess i don't take no for an answer (laughs) you know and i figure it out i go you know my mantra has always been go where the love is right and so i somehow i've been able to pivot enough times over the years to find people enough people that are into what my artists are doing what we're doing to like be able to survive and, and to thrive as well and so you know it's not but by no means is it easy i mean i I didn't have an assist. I started the company in 2004. I didn't have my first employee until 2013.
0: Oh, whoa. That is a long time. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, that's kind of what we knew of you from the get-go. You were a one-person team. Yep. And, you know, when you say all these like names that are, uh, you know, we consider them superstars, people, critically acclaimed artists that, You know, like you said, Fiona Apple shows up at a David Garza show or, you know, somebody like Gabby Moreno is making music for TV shows that are also winning, you know, multiple awards. You know, it's like, yeah, but it was always just Gil.
0: It was always. Actually, Gil and I met many, 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 many years ago, and I have definitely seen you expand and grow and you deserve everything that's happening to you and your artist. But you've always had a very good Ear for musicians, but besides mm, the you. raw talent, what other qualities do you look
2: for when it comes to managing a musician? Yeah, I think they, you know, I look for artists that are, I, I mean, for lack of a better term, nice. You know, I, because this business can harden you. And so if you're already going into it jaded or like an angry person, it's just not going to work. I don't see it because I saw it a lot at the majors. I saw a lot of artists that came in that were already that got signed were already angry right they already had a massive chip on their shoulder and it never worked out for them i, I saw it to the t you know and then the ones that were superstars that ended up being like that they weren't like that when they got signed mm. and so again you know it's like talent is extremely important but you know if you have that tethered to um not being able to you know, if you're coming in with a chip on your shoulder or like already uh you know, just jaded. jaded or you know, you had a bad childhood or people bullied you and whatnot, that certainly is a catalyst for your talent. It's not necessarily a, a great com- chemical um combination with the the, the, you industry. Know, the, the, with the industry. With the the demands, you know, being able to work, having people say no, or the people that bullied you are now you're all of a sudden your fan Mm -hmm, that -hmm. creates a whole other thing and and it's really hard for me as a manager um or as a label um you know owner to help an artist navigate that without serious amounts of therapy and yeah
0: i mean for those people who are listening to us right now define the what
2: does a manager do Oh God, uh, lots of things. I mean because in
0: our, in our mind it's like you know you, you manage their career, but there's also a lot of babysitting and ego controlling and emotional management. But what is the to do the, right. the characteristics of a manager?
2: Yeah, I think probably that for me um, is just being able to be a, a field general almost like a quarterback. So knowing who to throw the ball to, um, so that they can, so the team can advance, or that artist can advance their career. So whether it's a day-to-day type of situation where like somebody has a day job, which many of them when they first start out have to have a day job, um, you know, being able to strategically um, schedule things that will help their career. Whether it's a show, I can't schedule a show if I if somebody's working the weekends, then I know that I can't. I can't if they don't have a booking agent i know that i can't go after an opportunity that's on the weekends Mm -hmm. or if so it has to be in advance so much in advance so that they can take the time off just as simple as just logistical type of stuff to you know fielding label offers knowing full well you know like for example luna luna who you guys Mm -hmm. saw at noche cosmica so they had you know these days the big barometer for artists and for label interest is if you go viral on Right, right, right. Okay, so they had a song called Commitment, a video that went viral on TikTok. All of a sudden, we've got, I think it was like 12 major labels all wanting to sign them.
0: Oh, wow.
2: Okay, so we set up all the, and this is the middle of the pandemic. We set up all these Zoom calls with all the labels, and... You know, I'm having to sit there and ask questions and help the band sort of like, or not just me, but Ariana from my team in this example, um, ask questions that I felt were pertinent to like, are these guys really interested or they're just interested in the TikTok thing? Right. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, after all those labels, they sent in proposals and, you know, wanting to sign the band, I encouraged the band to stay independent.
0: Really? So you said no to the just, 12 offers? Yeah.
2: Yeah, we said yeah i mean
0: that must be hard for the band too yeah it was hard but but
2: but but i knew that we had a good relationship and future with them because they listened Mm. because it could have easily been you know uh i mean it was it was intoxicating to hear money being thrown around and and all the promises but if again it didn't feel real to me and not authentic it didn't feel authentic and so i at the end of the day we told them we don't think that you should do this we should you know you should stay independent at least until you get more leverage and get a little bit more experience on your belt um playing on the bigger stages and so far it's worked out the band is on the rise you know they just did a lot uh, of buzz yeah they just did date with omar apollo and you know they played austin city limits festival and you know, Nocha Cosmica. And and so, you know, again, they they listen to the advice and that's, that's really a big thing. It's like, I don't pretend that I know everything, but if I don't know it, I know somebody that does. Mm-hmm. And so if they're not willing to take my advice or our advice after that, after getting what I feel is going to be the right, choice for them, then, you know, that's another conversation that has to happen. If you're not going to take our advice, then why, you know, why, why continue the relationship? such a wonderful chat going on here with Gil gastellum
1: of course cosmica records and all the amazing artists that he manages works with really the guy i don't know when he has time to sleep he's got to be so busy
0: a hundred percent especially now with carla morrison i know they're super super busy she's on tour so (laughs) anyway if you guys are enjoying what you're listening to please make sure to rate us follow us on all social media platforms. We love your comments. We love your rating. It really helps us. We are also on all podcast platforms. So share it, give us some love and keep enjoying this. Yeah. Tell a friend, tell your familia and keep enjoying this behind the industry of Pili with Kil Castellum.
1: And I don't even think it's just business advice, but I think it's friendly trust. Right. Like Absolutely. Uh, that that word comes into play quite a bit where you're talking with a manager that all right, I'm going to help direct you to wherever we want to go, like to forward your career. How do you is there one kind of method or what's like the secret sauce to gain the trust of your artist?
2: I think it's it's a lot of hopefully having more wins than losses that's that you know i'd like to think that we've had more wins than losses with the artists that again that would have stayed with us throughout the years i mean carla is now we're going on 13 years with her and i i definitely can tell you that we've had way more wins than losses um and some you know an artist that yeah i mean to be able to just you know have a clear vision of what i think the artist should go and that's, I think, really clear. If I don't have a clear vision, I'll tell them. I was like, you know what? I don't really don't know what we can do for you right mm-hmm. now, and I don't want to waste their time or my staff, my team's time. I don't. I just. So it's really like if I can like with Luna Luna, that was a clear thing for me. Like I don't think we should sign with right. with one of these majors because just I just don't think. Feel- I, I just doesn't feel like you guys are going to go anywhere with them, and I think you're going to get buried. I think you should just try to stay independent, and and the fact that they listened it was incredible. It, it, it reminded me a lot of like when Carla, I started with Carla, mm. because the majors went calling, but that was a tough one. That was that was really that one was one where she gained notoriety, and you know we had the labels calling, and especially in Mexico, and um, you know Annar, who's you know he's still the big guy and executive out there basically told us, you know, she's too fat and her songs are too slow. And, you know, so that was a big catalyst for Carla to stay independent. Of course. You know, Thank and- you, whoever said yeah. that.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but the, and there's been a lot of evolution, even in her career. Her sound has changed a little bit, mm-hmm. but it always goes back to who the artist originally is. And that's the beautiful thing about somebody like Carla, Gabby, I mean, the, the, the list goes on, but there had to be that moment where, it kind of shifted weight from getting all the no's when you guys were approaching people to kind of being on the other side of the coin right. where you guys are, no, I think we're in control of our of our destiny and our careers. Right. Do you know kind of when, can you
2: pinpoint I think if with, there was a time? I think with Carla, it definitely was, um... 2012 two latin grammy wins that she got Mm. that's when things really like things were already on the rise but we were still you know like um and i'm I'm not gonna lie to you even to this day it's still a, a struggle especially as it pertains to like brand partnerships and whatnot because they don't really she doesn't fit into like a nice neat little box for them and so that's always been a bit of a struggle with that but like as far as like shows and offers and that sort of thing after that one that's when it really started we started getting the sinks you know we were starting to get the bigger commercials and whatnot and then when she decided to leave the business for a while to go and live her life in mm-hmm. paris we were busier than on some <laughs> of the years than when she was active like people missed her right yeah, yeah. You know, we were getting i was reaching out to you i, I think like that. every week i'm <laughs> like yo when are
1: we getting how can we right. get it? and it's like uh she's taking time off yeah. you know but that's again to be able to control your own destiny and say like this is what i'm going to do it's not like a label because contractually obligated or whatever you're going to say about the majors it's a machine and they're going to say you got to do a b c oh, yeah. d you should
2: have never been able yeah. to do that no with, way. with the major because you know you got to be able to make their you know their their bottom line for the for the board and for their stakeholders you know you got if you they they plan just like a financial institution like a bank or or you know like a, a venture capitalist they got a they're looking at forecasts for a year from now and if they say okay you two needs to put out a record in the second quarter because we need to make this amount of money then you two is going to be putting out a record in the second quarter
0: mm-hmm, right
2: because if they don't then you know obviously that affects the stock price And so I think someone like a Carla, um, I don't know that she would thrive at a major. They've tried, but like they've all shut themselves in the foot (laughs) when they were trying to court her. They've all like said something (laughs) where like she's like. (laughs) She's like, like, no. Yeah, we had a major label that basically said that they weren't going to make a digipack on the CD when CDs were much more prevalent. She, all her CDs are digipack. Um, with a poster Mm -hmm. and this big label said no we're not going to do that it's just going to be a jewel case two uh, four panel art that's what we do and that's all we're not going to make an exception for for her oh wow typical cookie cutter yeah and carla's like um no thanks we're going to stay independent
0: so you i cannot imagine how many requests you get on a daily weekly basis of artists who want them to for you to be to represent them right to manage them i'm sure it must be Really hard to say no, or maybe it's just now it's just like a daily thing to say no. Do you actually take the time to listen to all of Very them? Very
2: many, um, many times. Like, and it's literally just like if it's a really well written email, well thought out email, I'll listen. I mean, you know, an artist that we, um, you know, I love her. We don't work with her any longer, but Loyal Lobos was once Andrea um, wrote me this really nice, succinct email that. You know, she knew some folks that I knew and she didn't, she was like, well, I don't know how I haven't met you yet. And she goes, but, you know, if you're interested, please, you know, I'd love for you to listen to this music and let me know what you think. I put it on and I was just like, wow, this is incredible. And like literally within a few weeks we were managing her and we helped her get her first uh, uh, sort of like major independent record deal. And um, and you know, there's been a couple artists as of recent that I've listened to that has really blown me away. That you know, I'm going to pursue for next year. Right. And then there's a lot out there that just is just not ready for prime time. But I try to answer as many as I possibly can, giving them. You know, I, I'm not. I, I don't want to. You know, kill somebody's dream. It's right. like if this is something that they want to do, who knows where they're going to be at in a yeah. few years. It's like you know, it's not for us right now. But you know, I highly encourage you to keep on working on your craft and you know keep me posted on on you know what you're doing and some folks have some folks that kept me in touch and and you know it's been there's been a couple people that that i didn't work on at the time that have gone on to you know do Do some things and it's wonderful Mm -hmm. it's again i want to encourage anybody that has felt compelled to write to us i i I try not to you know i try to get to everybody as much as i possibly can there's just not enough time in the day Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) but i try to get
2: to as many people as i possibly can well being here
1: in la now i mean we consider you an Angelino now Uh, even though you're originally from Tucson, but You know, there's all these artists that are grinding here in LA and yeah, they land a deal or they land a label, whatever it may be. A name comes to mind immediately that that I wanted to bring up is Irene Diaz. Mm -hmm. You know, she's been going at it for many, many years, seeing her just really hustle and try to do the gigs, you know. How did it come about that she ended up with you guys on Cosmica?
2: Yeah, um, she was, you know, she was managed by somebody else when I first met her and a good friend of mine, actually. And, um, you know, I was just advising where I could, you know, I mean, I was being asked to, you know, questions to sort of help not only Irene, but also help out the manager just on some certain scenarios that were popping up. Because when she first came out, she came out hot. Oh yeah! Right yeah. off the bat, oh, yeah. yeah, she came out hot, and um, you know they had a falling out, <clears throat> and I uh, I just kept on advising her. You know they kept on coming back to me, and I, and you know it wasn't something that I I took on right away, but I was advising you know that helping them sort of navigate, and then eventually probably like about a year later after that is when we're just like okay let's go ahead and like you know make this make this uh, you know official.
1: And the reason why I bring it up also is because from a label's perspective, and we've talked about this with various other artists that record their debut full length for the first time. And then because they probably have a record deal with either a major or an independent that's under a major, immediately the question is like, okay, what's next? You've come out with an album, you've toured it, we've done it, now you got to come out with a sophomore release. Yeah. And you been in kind of in the independent world and you've seen the way she's progressed in her career, where do you guys sit with that? You know, is it, is it something like, okay, we need to kind of continue on, or is it going to be kind of something that like, where Carla came in and said like, no, I'm going to step away from the business for a little bit. Where do you sit with something like that? If somebody asks you.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it is, it's, it, it is, a, it feels daunting. It does. It can feel very daunting. It's not like I can just like snap my fingers and just like, voila, you know, you got a booking agent, you've got a massive tour. You know, I I think with Irene in, in, in this specific case scenario is, you know, she has a fan in Carla and Carla has, you know, helped her make this new record. Um, She put her as her opening act for the majority of this last tour.
0: We got to witness that magic happen. It was was beautiful.
2: beautiful. And uh, And even her show at the Paramount. Right. At the Paramount. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, it's a little bit of like, you know, trying to find something that will spark for her. You know, And I think with her right now, where we're at with things is the thing that we really, um, I think we really need for her as a booking agent. And mm-hmm. that one has been really confounding to me because, you know, we showcased her when, you know, people were, booking agents were able to to see her on, you big know, stage. opening in the big stage. And I thought she more than held her own. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the book, bookers, you know, I just didn't get it, I guess. And so, you know, it doesn't discourage. Encourage me but it does make me scratch my my head because you know some booking agents will hit me up it's like hey we signed this artist i want you to go see them because we we, would love for you to consider managing them and i'd go see them and just like whoa like yeah yeah. if Uh.
1: you're going for that and not yeah. Somebody like Irene? Yeah. Where's where's the problem? Where's yeah. the problem? I mean, yeah. I
0: I think that's the thing about the music industry. It's like you never know. There is not a written formula. So you never no. know what's gonna work. You, right. you might have someone that's super talented like Irene. And and it's also about timing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have seen Irene develop and like I saw, like I told her when we interviewed her for IG Live for Pirita La Música. When I saw her opening for Carla at the Greek, when I saw her perform that Noche Cosmic, I'm like, you are, you have transformed yourself into this goddess and you're exuding confidence, which is not something that she had 10 years ago when I hired her for a Starbucks event that I was doing here in downtown with her other manager, you know. But that also takes me to like the level of patience that as a manager you have to have to develop these artists.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's. You know it uh, you, and trust obviously right yeah. i mean i i guess maybe that's one of the qualities i do possess is is patience and also if i can couple that with still a vision of where i think that artist can go i think that it, that helps with being able to stick with somebody for so long mm-hmm. you know because with irene i mean it, it certainly wasn't like going from point a to point b and you know Right. two months right. it's like that, I mean, was, that hardly happens yeah, anyways yeah. and that was an artist uh, you know irene's another artist that has taken a very uh peculiar way of her career because when we took her took over her career she didn't make a record right away it took a number of years for the next record to come out mm-hmm. yeah it was like five years exactly you know, she went out to Mexico City, worked with Carlos producers and did that. And she was still really kind of like finding herself. And so I didn't rush. I could have easily and right. I was tempted that to goes sometimes back to timing. I'd be like, you know, we gotta put something out. I let her take her time. And, you know, there were some songs that seemingly were done at the time and she wanted to like further develop them see where they they could go mm-hmm. and I'm glad that we did I'm really happy with the result of the record I think some folks thought it was maybe a little too pop mm. but I think it shows her range yeah and then you know she's already writing another record so we're gonna have another record from her before too long.
1: That's exactly it the the message still comes through yeah maybe like you said you we've all said it to certain artists that that aren't quite there with their final production. Right. You know it's like, yeah, you got to work on your craft a little bit more. Irene's a little bit of a different story. We knew how much of a powerhouse she is and was even like when we first heard her voice. You know, musical virtuoso. Amazing voice. She's the package. She's the real deal, which is what Billy and I, or you know, is. when we see her, yes, yeah. she's she's it. You know, but but that comes back to it. If she wasn't ready, it's interesting to to hear you say that. She was the one that wanted to flush out the tracks more Mm -hmm. and develop them into something more. Even though we know the, the lyrics were probably already there. Yeah. The messaging of the story was already there. It's just, it needed the, the polish, the, Mm -hmm. all right, let's make this a really good record. Right.
0: And does, does it happen a lot where maybe you feel like the artist is ready and they feel like they're not or vice versa. They think that they're ready and you feel like
2: they're not. Right it happens all the time yeah um you know very rarely is i'd say more often than not that where we might think an artist is at the artist um thinks otherwise they think you know for the most part artists once they finish something they want that thing out <laughs> they want that baby out, out. of yeah. their body yes you know they, I, I could,
0: yes oh, yeah. i can yeah. i can yeah. yeah. see why
2: yeah and so so again um going back to what you were saying Pili it's all about timing you know and i'm just like okay probably not smart to put this record out in the fourth quarter because this is why what's going to happen there was one year where I like capitulated and I said, okay, all of the my new, new artists, they all wanted it, had something, they all wanted it out. And I, in my head, I was like, okay, we're going to buck the trend and we're going to call this new, you know, new artist, uh, November. And we got our butt kicked. Mm. None of the programmers at the DSPs cared. Mm. They're, you know, they're programming the hits. Right. And so it was a big lesson to us as a team. Like, you know, you can... You could try to stick out as much as you can, try to do things some different. There are some things you're just not going to be successful with. And the artist found out the hard way. It's like, oh, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have put that out in the fourth quarter. And so now anybody that says, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, that November release, nah. it's an automatic no. <laughs> it's like you could do it late January. Right. You know, and, and if they insist and it's like, okay, well, you know, this just what know what's... Not going to happen. Right. You're probably not going to get editorial playlisting on the DSPs. And, you know, good luck on trying to get something written about you.
0: Right. Right. Okay. So hopefully those people who are listening to us, whether you want to be a manager eventually, open up your own record label or be an artist, you're taking notes. But to kind of like wrap this up, give us three things that you look for in an artist before you book them or... Three things And three things that people out there who would want to become music managers, you feel like need to have.
2: Okay. Um, for an artist, I think, I mean, the, the obvious thing is talent. And I know that talent is really kind of in the ear or the eye of the beholder. Right. It's like relative. Right. And, um, but, but I do still say that because you have to be ready to fight for that artist. And if you don't yourself believe in them, if you don't believe they have the talent, then it's just gonna ring hollow, and you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna get kicked out mm-hmm. pretty quick. It's just not gonna it's not gonna come off as authentic. You have to truly believe in that in that artist, because you're gonna at some point you're gonna have to fight. Right. You know. Um, I'd say also um, you have to vet them. You have to vet an artist. You have to make sure that their psyche is ready for such a difficult business. You know, I, I, you know, it was even though it's like really kind of like in the, it's staring at you in the face. Someone like a Kurt Cobain, you know, after seeing montage of Heck all those years back when that documentary came out about him, he was so ill-equipped.
0: Yeah, to handle all the for pressure. him
2: to to, I would have said to him, no, you you need to work on yourself first. Yeah if had had i been lucky enough to run across them back in the day amy winehouse i mean the list goes on right you know it's like like, just because you want to show the people that bullied you or or ridiculed you that you're better than them or that you're 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 worthy of adulation or whatever that doesn't mean you should be somebody in the spotlight and so you have to you really do have to vet with the artist making sure that their values are um aligned with yours as the manager mm-hmm. um and that um that they're ready for this regardless of whatever level it, there's going to be pressures whether it's playing a small show but you still have to get in front of people right I mean this becomes a business once you take it out of the bedroom mm-hmm. and so are, you know do they can they handle the business right. so you have to vet that and then the third thing I'd say is um, you just have to see. Make sure that you guys are on the same page. That you have this again. I said that just a second ago. Like you have the same sort of core values. Mm-hmm. If somebody and is, the same
0: north or the north can change. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just you really need to like feel like and and you know again it it's easier to say up front like what that might be. But usually it's just experience with each other. It's like a lot of times I've done in the past where I don't sign somebody to an agreement right off the bat. I do like a six-month grace period of mm, like testing can, them out. Test. It's like it's like dating. It's like <laughs> you know, like is yep. this going to work? You know, before we go into a full-on relationship, I do that. I do that with a lot of artists these days. I like that. I it is like dating. Yeah. I yeah. Don't, I don't. I don't get into an onerous agreement right off the bat like that, and then. I guess um, to be a manager. I guess yeah. What, was the are the, other one. what are the three things? Um, definitely patience. A day job. <laughs> day job. Don't quit your day job right right away. That's that very rarely um, works out for you. Um, and um, thinking on your feet you really have to like when you know we mentioned that earlier uh about like getting more no's than yeses especially in the artist's career at the beginning it's like okay so no you can't you can get angry about it you know i still do yeah. i still well, get you, i still get some you, serious no's you're and, passionate about what you yeah, do yeah absolutely and if you're it's not, like yeah I, you, you, know. you know i come from a perspective of like really you don't get what <laughs> is staring at your face but you know you you the more experience you get the the um the better you are at at taking those no's, and taking that no and turning it into something you know in in pivoting they use that word a lot it really is true it's like okay so that was a no so where's my next yes Mm -hmm. where's my next potential yes again that's the whole philosophy of going where the love is you're going to find somebody, usually, if there's talent, if there truly is talent and you're not just blinded by somebody's looks or whatever, you're going to find somebody that's going to, like, take you on and say, okay, this is something see that I can, see. yeah.
1: Well, Gil, man, we, we can sit here with you <laughs> and talk for hours, hours and hours, because we consider you a dear friend and we love what you do. We The the caliber of artists that you've worked with and the what you stand for really is what sets you apart from pretty much everybody, man. So thank, thank you, you so for the time. Guys, and thank we you. just
2: anytime, like if you guys want to do an expanded <laughs> deluxe hey, edition, hey, we have it on record. <laughs> so
0: No, we, we, we love you. And you know, I, I'm leaving all the heartfelt emotions and sentimientos que I have for Gil for the intro and the outro. So, right. so you, you mm. won't be in front of me. So that way I won't get uh, shy, but you are one of the good ones and I've seen you grow and I've seen a lot of your artists grow as well. And you're, you know your heart is there and all of the artists who have either worked with you in the past or work with you currently are extremely lucky to have had you in their life and their career
2: well thank you so much and and honestly um that means a lot um a lot of things i wouldn't have been able to do without you guys i mean literally like you guys have grown so much as well i mean jesus you know, Raul, I mean, bro, come on. I, I, I remember when I first. Donate uh, him, donate him. When I was first, uh, um, I dealt with you like on a on a business level, like literally I was sending you the wrong kind of like file for Ceci Bastida, you know, he's like, <laughs> hey, dude, I need a WAV file. Why are you sending me an MP4? You know, and, and then with Pili, you know, it's like, um, you know, the, the, the starbucks and yep. you know the, those those uh, and you know it's like so you know you guys mm-hmm. help provide platforms then and now for my artists and again none of this is even remotely possible if folks like you don't you know you you know you always talk about or like people in the art world always talk about benefactors people that like kept picasso going by get, you know putting them up in their villa and giving them money so that he couldn't so he wouldn't starve to death so right. you know because people weren't whatever you know going he wasn't making money with his paintings or whatever back then he you know those are the patrons that we need and you guys are patrons of the arts and we need more of that especially in this country you know and it's and and so for me as long as you guys and people like you exist, then it makes me not want to give up on this business. It's like, okay, we still have people that care, and aren't just looking at like, oh, what's this trend? It's like, do you like it? Do you think you could do something with this on the platform that you have? Great, you know that's then that makes my job worth worthwhile. Like, Aww. you know, I was yeah, this is what we do. Yeah. What we do? <laughs> no, absolutely. I was in the car. I was in the car with Anna the other day, and we were listening to you and. You you know, you played uh you you played uh, uh Carla and uh Oh yeah, and, and uh a side note, I mentioning that there's something
1: really big coming up for Carla in the new year. We won't say what it is yet, but it's I mean, when I mentioned that on the air, people were reaching out. They're like, what are you talking about? Tell us, tell us, tell us. I'm all like, nope, can't.
0: I yeah. love that. Yeah.
1: The I fact is the that I didn't that. know and I still don't know but I know if Gil is saying it's going to be big it's going to be huge
2: Yeah, I'll tell you guys after we're done recording
1: (laughs) thank you Gil
2: thank you guys so much thank you
0: have it. One of our favorite people in the music industry, Gil Costellum. If you are an artist looking for amazing management, put it on your list of I want Gil Costellum or someone like him. If there is such a thing as someone like Gil Costellum, you want someone like (laughs) him to be on your team. So good luck with that because I know he's super busy with a bunch of artists, but he's super approachable, so you never know.
1: And if you're looking for that record label that will be kind of hand in hand to take your music to the next level, then definitely Cosmica could be a home for you as well. And even outside of the industry, when you sit down and chat with Gil just as a non-music-oriented human being, which is kind of hard for us to do because that's all we talk about is music, but if you put (laughs) that all aside, he is genuinely the nicest of nicest guys out there. So we love Gil, everything that he stands for and everything that he's been doing over all these years.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Behind the Industry with Pili Raúl en la música make sure to check us out on all social media we are on Instagram Facebook Twitter YouTube check us out DM us let us know who you would like us to interview next on this series of Behind the Industry Raúl always a pleasure my friend
1: likewise Pili Montilla and I will see you very very soon bye 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 bye